Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I'm ready! Alrighty then. What is up, my millennial fam? Giacomo Thale here with another installment of Believe in Millennial Nostalgia. This week, I'm going to take you back to the aisles of Toys R Us, or wherever you bought your toys back in the 90s and early 2000s. I'm going to be taking a look back at some maybe forgotten, but not forgotten for very long, toys and board games that were advertised to us on Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, all the major networks, and some of us may have even owned in our own toy boxes. So before we get started, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm not going to be talking about some of the more major milestone nostalgic toys. So this episode, I won't be talking about Tickle Me Elmo or Furby. Those toys are so iconic to this time frame, they deserve their own full episodes. The ones I'm bringing up today are just ones that I remember casually as I was trying to think of toys from the late 90s and early 2000s. And some of them even originated far before then, but were still popular when the millennials were growing up. So, without further ado, let's check some out. Sock em boppers, sock em boppers, more fun than a pillow fight. Blow em up, put your hand inside, get ready to have the time of your life. Sock em boppers, more fun than a pillow fight. First up, we have sock em boppers. These were like these big inflatable boxing gloves that you could put on your hands and beat the crap out of your best friend without any worry of really doing some long-term damage. Now, I'm a lover, not a fighter, so personally, I didn't own any sock and boppers, but that badass theme song made me almost want to get them. So when I was looking up the commercial for this week's podcast, I noticed something. I noticed that there was a commercial that sounded nearly identical to the one that I remembered, except the product was called Soccer Boppers. Soccer Boppers! Soccer Boppers! And, correct me if I'm wrong, most of us probably remember them being called Sockum Boppers. Now, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the Mandela Effect. But this is something that I was seriously starting to have. I'm planning to do a whole episode on nostalgic Mandela effects in the near future, so I won't go super into detail, but it kind of traces back to the false memory that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 80s, when in reality he died a free man in 2013. So I really started to have these doubts, like, what the hell? Did I really call him sock boppers for this entire time? Was I wrong? And turns out I wasn't. I did a little more research and I found out that the name Sockum was actually the root of a $1 million lawsuit back in 2002. Mattel sued the big time toys company, the ones that made Sockum Boppers, because Mattel owned the rights to Rock'em Sockum robots. So they felt like that term Sockum was way too derivative of their plastic toy robot punching machine. Hence, therefore, onward, they changed the name to Soccer Boppers. So like I said, I never actually personally owned Sockum Boppers, but I decided to check it out on Amazon to see A, if they're still selling them, and B, what the reviews are, what the general consensus of these are. And yes, they are still selling them. Of course, they're now called Soccer Boppers. But some of the reviews, a lot of them mainly positive. A lot of them noting the nostalgic feel to them, that they're safe and fun for the kids, nobody's going to get hurt. But I'm reading a lot of other stuff that these things really only work if they stay inflated, which makes sense. I mean, you're punching the crap out of something and it's inflatable. 
odds are you're gonna lose a little bit of air at some point in time. The ones that they're selling on Amazon now come with a little patch that you can patch over any sort of hole. And yeah, I'm seeing this like 10 bucks. So maybe I'll buy them for like a future party or something. See if I was really missing out on this whole sock and bopper thing. All I know is the song is still stuck in my head. Perfect example of a jingle that sticks with you for over 27 years. So <laughs> applause to you, Sock and Boppers marketing team. You own this one. All right, on to the next toy. Now see what you made me do. Sorry. Would you stand me on my head? Like this? I'm out there, we know yeah. It's real talking Bubba. He's the real talking joke playing best friend bear you can't help but love. Did you ever wish that Jeff Foxworthy put out a plush toy of himself? No. Nobody's ever wanted that. So what the hell was Real Talkin' Bubba? Real Talkin' Bubba was like your mix between Teddy Ruxpin and Larry the Cable Guy. It was this stuffed toy teddy bear that would talk and say over 200 phrases, uh, according to the commercial. Real Talkin' Bubba says over 200 different things. You never know what he'll say next. And he talked in this really stereotypical hillbilly country accent. Say, I got an idea. What? Give me a big smackaroo. <laughs> it wasn't like any like cutesy phrases. No, this dude was like kind of a smart ass. He, he had some edge to him. Don't try to hold my mouth shut. What smell? Which at first is kind of appealing. It's something that you don't really see a lot in children's toys. But this little son bitch was annoying. I think I remember actually owning one at some point. This toy, admittedly, appealed to me at one point in time of my childhood. It's one of the very few regrets that I have in my life, but I have to live with myself with that, you know, one-time adoration of Real Talkin' Bubba. Can't change the past. We're here now. But I can still look back and question my well-being. Anyway, the, the reason I'm being so harsh on Real Talkin' Bubba is because watching these ads brought back a memory of me actually having one and I don't remember what was wrong with it. I don't know if anyone else had this issue with the real talking Bubba doll, but it wouldn't shut the hell up. Like there was like a button that you would press to get him to talk, but mine would just talk on its own. It was really scary. And I lost many a night's sleep over it. I don't know if there was something jammed with the button, Every so often, in the middle of the night, I would just hear this. Did you remember to go to the bathroom? Even creepier, there was a bedtime Bubba edition. Whoa, was I snoring? Stop! It's bedtime Bubba! Look, I liked toys that talked for a period of my childhood. Some of them were really cool. The problem with them is when they were defective and when you couldn't get them to stop talking. You would have to kind of like take out the batteries if it came up to that point. But some of them were really difficult to get to the batteries. I also had like a talking Barney plush at one point in my childhood that did the same thing. The, the worst part about that one though was that over time, the voice started to deteriorate. <laughs> which means it just made the whole experience of having the doll a horrific experience. Not to talk totally down on Real Talkin' Bubba, it was still a cute little toy. It was pretty harmless, unless it just wouldn't stop talking. But then really, who's to blame? We're the ones who bought it. It's called Real Talkin' Bubba. What were we expecting out of this? Overall, Real Talkin' Bubba, 
Not a bad concept, but eh, just not exactly for me. All right, so this next toy is more of a arts and crafts item. I'm talking about the blow pens. Hey kids, I just arrived from the color workshop where I learned all kinds of new tricks with the brand new magic color change blow pens. Blow pens were these markers that you pretty much put in a larger canister and physically blow air into and it would create this kind of nice airbrushy texture on whatever you were coloring or drawing. Take the pen, felt tip first, and put it into the jet tube. Add the cap, then just aim and blow. It's so cool. I, I will say this about blow pens. The, the output, when executed properly, did look really nice. I know as a kid, I used to kind of use these and pretend that the paper I was drawing on was a wall and I was spraying it with graffiti because it kind of had that gritty look to it. But also, depending on how much pressure you blow into the pen, it could create a variety of softer or harsher colors. It's a really cool concept. My only complaint with these, and this would happen quite often, uh, for me anyway, maybe I just have a spitty mouth, but the blow pens were usually soaked with saliva when I was done. Maybe I was doing it wrong. Maybe, maybe this is embarrassing and I was the only one doing the blow pens wrong. But if any of you out there have experienced it, just know that you're not alone. But it was for this reason that the pens honestly didn't really last too long for me. But that initial like couple of first times that you're actually like coloring and drawing, it's a pretty cool device. It's totally different than, you know, your typical crayons and colored pencils. It kind of gave your lungs a workout, quite frankly. The other thing about the blow pens that was kind of cool is it came with like this white marker that you could draw over what you just blew and it changed the colors. Like magic, it changes color right before your eyes. So kind of similar to those magic markers where maybe a red marker when you drew on it with the white marker would turn yellow. It's kind of that same concept, but it was cool because you had this nice airbrushy kind of texture on your paper and then you could use this nice felt tip marker to do more intricate designs with it. I don't remember using that one as much just because over time the white marker would start to get a little dingy, not really work as well as it should. But when it did work, oh man, there was some really cool designs that kids could come up with. And I know I did when I was growing up, so maybe some of you did too. Bring some magic to your artwork with magic color change blow pens. All right, I'm just gonna say it. I don't f with this board game. Put the pieces into the slot, make the right selection, but be quick, you're racing the clock. Goes perfection. Perfection is Probably a board game that further fueled any anxiety that I had growing up. And even to this day, trying to play it as an adult, it is an extremely anxiety-ridden game. Even more so for me than playing Jenga. And Jenga is pretty damn anxiety-inducing. You race to fit the shapes into the slots, but you better be quick! Ah, or the will pop! So the, the whole point of Perfection, the board game, is you're supposed to get these little pieces into the slot, but there's a timer going on. And if you don't get all of the pieces into the slots within the allotted time, it just pops. And it just pops right at your face. It's kind of like the board game equivalent of, you know, those biscuits 
that you can get from the grocery store that you like have to open up really, really slowly, and then at some point, pop! That's a fair comparison, I would say. Even the title of the board game, Perfection, seems sort of subjective, doesn't it? Like, perfection according to whomst, good sir. Yes, for some of you, this might be a cool little thrill. And I get it. It is kind of a fun game, but I know a lot of people did, and I totally respect it. I totally get it. It sounds like I'm knocking a lot of the toys that I'm talking about today, which is like, Jock, why would you even talk about that if you don't like it? It's, it's not that I'm just, like, hating on them. I appreciate them for what they are. They are iconic toys of the 90s, but... I don't know. I think like now recording this episode, I'm kind of ruminating on what toys did I actually like? Yeah, I did like a couple of like the movie merch toys because I was a big moviegoer, but things like Transformers never really appealed to me. I don't know if I was the only one that just found them too clunky and complicated to build. And I wasn't super into like the G.I. Joes either. I I liked more simpler things, uh, things like this. Hey, kids of America, it's hand-painted wooden ball in a cup. Who needs constant electronic video stimulation when there's ball in a cup? Toss the ball, catch it in the cup, dump it out of the cup, toss it, and catch it in the cup again. The ball is on a string and attached to the cup, so there's no worry if you don't catch the ball in the cup. And cleanup is as easy as catching a ball in a cup. That, of course, wasn't a real commercial. It's from Family Guy, but you know the toy that it's talking about. It's just a regular cup with a rubber ball and a string attached to it, and you just got to get the ball into the cup. So why spend another day not catching a ball in a cup when you could be catching a ball in a cup? Ball in a cup, ball in a cup, it's a ball in a cup. Ball in a cup, ball in a cup. Same thing with those paddle balls. Did you go... I don't know if I was just maybe an old-fashioned kid. And I like that more so than the 90s stuff. But yeah, that's what appealed to me. I will say this. I did like a couple of board games. I really did. Connect 4 was great. Go for the glory. Go for the star. Go for it. I win. Connect 4. Go for it. Yeah. Connect 4. So yeah, I guess I did like just some of the more simpler things. I mean, Connect 4 is just tic-tac-toe with a few extra steps. As I had mentioned before, other toys I liked usually were merchandise tied into a TV show or a movie that I liked. One of my favorite toys, one of these gadgets growing up that I had, was the electronic Pokédex, which was from Pokémon. Electronic Pokédex for master trainers from Abra to Zubat. Master them all. 150 Pokémon with all the best fighting moves. Electronic Pokédex for master trainers. New from Tiger. Those of you who are Pokémon fans, of course you know what the Pokédex is. It's this like electronic encyclopedia that Ash, the main character, carries around to identify the various different types of Pokemon that he encounters. And I had one, it was really cool. It was made out of plastic, but it was still electronic, and it had all 150 original Pokemon on it. And you could search them up, you could put them in different categories. The display wasn't in color, it was that basic kind of like greenish screen with the black dots making the image. And then later on, they did a second generation Pokédex, which I also had. That one was like the big bulky gold one. And this is like eons before Pokémon Go. So I really felt like that Pokémon trainer. Anytime my friends were talking about Pokémon, I would just whip out my Pokédex like a badass and show them what's up. Who weighs more, Metapod or Pidgeotto? Pidgeotto by 44 pounds. Bulbasaur's height? 
Two feet, four inches. How does he do it? Also during this time, sometimes we didn't necessarily need to purchase toys. All we needed was to purchase a healthy meal at McDonald's. McDonald's always had these really cool toys. They were either based on the McDonald's characters or tie-ins to other movies and TV shows. I could do an entire episode on McDonald's Happy Meal toys, so and 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 I might. But the one that I'm going to bring up right now was probably the most memorable in my opinion. That was the one that was tied into the 1999 live-action version of Inspector Gadget. Now when you buy a McDonald's Happy Meal, you get one of eight really cool gadgets based on Disney's new movie, Inspector Gadget. A leg that's really a flashlight, an arm that's really an extendable grabber. Put them all together and they create one colossal crime fighter. Wowzer. So typically with these McDonald's Happy Meal toy, each toy was like a different character, but with the Inspector Gadget one, each toy was a different part of his body. And each one could stand alone as its own toy, like the commercial said. Part of it could be a flashlight. Another part could act as like a little grabber. But when you got all of them, it was like getting all the cards of Exodia. It's time to do, 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 do. And when you put it all together, it created this giant Inspector Gadget figure. And I know there's probably a lot of collectors out there who actually have the entire Inspector Gadget body. And to that, I say, congratulations. I'm so jealous. I always wanted to put it all together. I think I was only shy a few toys. Had I only eaten a few more McNuggets, Maybe I'd get there. So for those of you who have this giant plastic Matthew Broderick in your home, pat yourself on the back. You did a good job. So those were just a few of the toys that I remembered. Some of them I liked, and some of them, eh, not so much. But if you had a great time with some of these toys, that is awesome. It was probably a really big part of your childhood, and provide some really cool nostalgic memories for you. Some of them maybe you didn't get around to playing with, but you saw the commercials on TV. So maybe some of the jingles, you know, rang a little bit of a bell for you. If you liked this episode and you want to hear me talk about more toys, shoot your suggestions my way. I'm on Twitter at Giacomo Thalet. That's at G-I-A-C-O-M-O T-H-I-L-L-E-T. You can also reach me at Instagram or on Facebook with that same handle. Also, be sure to follow Believe Podcasts on all your social media platforms. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts. And remember to follow Millennial Nostalgia on your favorite podcast network to be the very first to hear new episodes every Throwback Thursday. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. And, of course, on Believe.com. My name is Giacomo Thalay. Thank you for joining me on Believe in Millennial Nostalgia. I'll meet you right back here next Throwback Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.